eyes and lips drawn sharply on a tiny face, a charming elegance. I talked mainly to Colomb, who had a child of seven. In a few months, I said, my older daughter will turn seven, but she's going into second grade this year. She's very bright. My son is extremely clever and imaginative. How did he take the separation? Fine. He didn't get even a little upset. Children aren't rigid the way we are. They're flexible. She dwelled on the flexibility she ascribed to childhood. It seemed to reassure her. She added, In our world, it's fairly common for parents to separate, and children know it's possible. But just as I was saying that I didn't know other separated women, apart from one friend, her tone changed abruptly, and she began to complain about the child. He's smart but slow, she exclaimed. At school, they say he's unruly. I was struck by the change. She expressed herself without tenderness, almost bitterly, as if her son were behaving like that to spite her, and this made me anxious. Her companion must have noticed, and he interrupted, boasting about his two boys, fourteen and eighteen, and joking about how attractive they were to women, both old and young. When Nino returned, the two men, especially Augustin, began to criticize the speakers. Colomb joined in almost immediately with a slightly artificial gaiety. The maliciousness soon created a bond. Augustin talked and drank a lot all evening. His companion laughed whenever Nino managed to say a word. They invited us to drive to Paris with them in their car. The conversation about children and that invitation that we didn't say yes or no to brought me back to reality. Until that moment, Dede and Elsa, and also Pietro, had been on my mind constantly, but as if suspended in a parallel universe, motionless around the kitchen table in Florence, or in front of the television, or in their beds. Suddenly, my world and theirs were back in communication. I realized that the days in Montpellier were about to end, that inevitably Nino and I would return to our homes, that we would have to face our respective marital crises, I in Florence, he in Naples. And the children's bodies rejoined mine. I felt the contact violently. I had no news of them for five days, and as I became aware of that, I felt an intense nausea, an unbearable longing for them. I was afraid not of the future in general, which now seemed inescapably occupied by Nino, but of the hours that were about to come, of tomorrow, of the day after. I couldn't resist, and although it was almost midnight, What's the difference, I said to myself, Pietro is always awake. I tried to telephone. It was fairly laborious, but finally the call went through. Hello, I said. Hello, I repeated. I knew that Pietro was at the other end of the line. I called him by name. Pietro, it's Elena. How are the girls? 
the connection was cut off. I waited a few minutes, then I asked the operator to call again. I was determined to continue all night, but this time Pietro answered. What do you want? Tell me about the children. They're sleeping. I know, but how are they? What is it to you? They're my children. You left them. They don't want to be your children anymore. They told you? They told my mother. You had Adele come? Yes. Tell them I'll be home in a few days. No, don't come back. Neither I nor the children, nor my mother wants to see you again.